Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bubby Castrone. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. Great to be here tonight in the garage while a fire burns about 20 miles north and smoke is seeping in under the door. It's going to be a fun night. I had a real concern. I shared it uh, just before we started that because we closed the garage door and, and the uh, entrance door, uh, we, we would have no idea if this fire that's burning uh, across Los Angeles has reached us, it would probably be too late. Be a fun surprise. It'd be a good way to go out. Like, whoa, we're on fire. Go out, die doing a podcast. That Ooh. would be the saddest like death of a mediocre group of whites. Well, with the number of podcasts you do in a given week, I'd say the odds are pretty high that's how you're going to go. You know what we're up to today? Recorded one this afternoon. Uh, Mark Sessler and I just recorded a... Oh, hi, Mark. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Thank you. I mean, Let's get that guy in here. We can Mark. dig into it, but the concept that any of us feel any, any actual peril of dying in an L.A.-based fire is absurd. We always <laughs> know that those happen always about... 20 to 25 miles away from anything that we're involved in. Right. In Malibu and they places where right. people live in non-rented garages. Right. We are not going to perish that way. Uh, Mark Sessler is back on the Throwback Podcast, and it's been a while. It's been about, I think, about two years, in like fact. One of our years. I would say uh, maybe our 10th episode around there, you did the Coldplay Rush of Blood to the Head album with us. We also recorded Accounting Crows um, episode, <laughs> one of the ones that have been locked away in the vault. Yeah, we learned a lot that night. Well, I assume it has not been erased, but it has not been released and will never be released for public consumption. I might have erased it because honestly... Too much consumption was, was the problem. <laughs> following up a Coldplay album with a Counting Crows album was a bad move on our part, especially while we were all drinking vodka and thinking about uh, lovers past. I think our <laughs> thoughts were uh, clear and uh, very informative for about 15 to 20 minutes yeah exactly so mark's back and uh, so happy to have him wasn't easy booking mark i've been working on this i want the listeners of the throwback podcast to know been working on this for not weeks not months probably a year trying to get sessler in the studio there were times where he said yes and then it came closer and he's like oh i don't want to do that and then it was like (laughs) oh my kid has to go somewhere it's like okay mark but this time, because we were recording the football show, we were doing the Thursday night recap. He was already here. You corralled he, me. You were lo- you were locked in. You, essentially, you corralled me. And like, but let's be honest. Uh, I've thrown a few kid-related excuses, and as people who, how about I love kid-related? Well, you have so. children. You understand no that there's taken. no way around. It's essentially my version of a woman's issue. You <laughs> cannot argue me. The funniest thing is uh, when you dent. After you have kids, when you deal with people who are trying to use dog-related issues to get Please, out of things, you're like, with them. fucking Fuck you. amateur hour. Big I time. was doing that shit back in 2010. <laughs> Let's go. And it all it's also fun when you use a kid-related excuse on someone with kids, 
And there's just a ton of subtext where you could say it and everybody knows what the story yep. is. Yep. And you say, all right, I get it. You don't want to do anything <laughs> right now because you're always tired and, and life is pretty horrible you know on balance. What? Me too. <laughs> I get it. I get, I get it. it. All right. So Mark's here. Yes, we. Mark and I recorded the Thursday around the NFL podcast. I feel like uh, you did. I, I don't know if I made a large impact on that. Well, recording. earlier today. We just recorded saying, you know. the Thursday night football recap, yeah. and now we're recording yet another show. And I am concerned this fire that's going on in Los Angeles, the old Zeus or the pipes, the velvety pipes, sometimes it can get dried up. And right now I'm, it could be croaky. So we, we, need, to, we need to stay true and, and keep the ship moving. No reverse gears in the tank today because I don't want to lose my voice. Well, unlike your other podcast, which performs better depending on the metric Far you're better. using. It's well, actually it's, a gross it's disparity. All, it's all metric-based. <laughs> but um, unlike that one, this podcast, not only do you have Mark and I to help you, but you have music that Mark Sessler handpicked for this episode. And vodka. And vodka. Yeah, I'm a little slightly embarrassed about one of those two things, and it's not the, the vodka, I think, is, you know, always handles its, its own act. So this songs, is what we did. We'll I, I reached out to Mark, and we yes, we did Coldplay last time. We did the album treatment. I knew I wanted, Bob, us to do something with Mark where we were kind of digging through Sessler's past because... That's all I want to do. If there's one person that I've known in my life that really does have a, a deep connection to his past and will kind of plumb those depths quite often, it's Mark. And if anybody... Uh, if you listen to this show, that means you listen... Uh, there's a good chance you listen to the football pod. You know Mark, and you know that his Instagram and his, uh, maybe his Facebook and sometimes Twitter will get glimpses into a young Mark Sessler's life. And this whole episode is going to be about that. So, Mark, this is your chance to fully immerse yourself in what it was to be Mark Sessler in your youth and specifically songs from your youth pre your your wife, Simone. But even further, be, you know, we're going deeper uh, songs that connected to past loves and p places you were in your life. That's what this is about today. Yeah, I mean, in some cases, uh, you know, judging by the dates of when the song was released, before Simone was even born. So <laughs> it's like, I'm quite a bit older than her. Did well on that Humble front. Humble brag. Well, just did Fun well. Fun fact, on, Simone did, is did, 14. <laughs> you guys don't really talk about that on the other podcast. We don't, we don't discuss from that. Canada. We don't bring that up. From That's, Quebec. It's called business. We don't bring up business on the podcast. Now, so. speaking of Simone, a little wife update here. My wonderful wife, Emily, brought me in some honey tea uh, to help with my throat just now. And then she retired back to the home. As she should. She did a wonderful job with that. I'm a lucky man. Yeah. Assuming she made it back between the flames. Yes. Bob's. As my wife is going to be charcoal when we get back <laughs> inside the house. Bob, his wife, despises this podcast. Not she, a fan. She views it hmm. as an excuse to not be dealing with household uh, tasks. Which is accurate. Yeah, she That's may have a point as well. It's literally so. why we started the podcast. So <laughs> Simone, <laughs> dead on. Your wife is a avid listener of the Around the NFL podcast. I imagine that she's going to listen to this. And is there anything to unpack there or any concerns? Or will that change how you converse here tonight? It's a very fair question. I believe that she listens to the other show uh, on some level to keep tabs. But uh, I don't think I could lose many more points than I've lost at this point. I'm not, <laughs> okay. There's not a good. chasm I'm going to fall into, if that's right. the word. Right. So we're good. Simone, if you're listening, you are the love of Mark's life. But... We all have, you know, it's a big train. It's a long train, and, and there are, you know, a lot of cars on that train. 
Right, and just, I can't be blamed for what I was up to when she was four years old. I mean, because it would not have been... How old it, is your wife? It, it would not have been right for me to be concerned. A four-year-old Russian girl <laughs> just hoping to well, see the big city someday. All right, so let's get into it. Bob and I have no knowledge of the context behind these songs, but Mark did uh, facilitate. He, he sent me a list of songs. I will play them, uh, and then Bob and I will listen to Mark's story behind them. And share some stories about well, you know how this fucking podcast goes. Please. Let's go. I mean, you know the song. We all know the song. It's Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran, released in May 1982. And now I'm trying to piece together how old Mark is. Um, but an all-time classic of the 80s. Mark, why is this the first song we're talking about today? Well, so you make a good point. We all know this song at this point, and it feels almost overplayed. It's been thrust into our lives in a million different ways. It's I'm not part sure. of the sound of that decade. It is. I'm not sure thrust is the word I needed to use there. But oh, it's, I like that. It. It's uh, a song that I remember for one of the first times I ever heard it, which was being in second and third grade on a school bus that would pick you up, and there would be the big kids that sat in the very back of the bus, and like this big sort of bully kid had a boom box. Was he a big fatty? Taking out his fat aggression on the rest. I don't of the think kids. he was. He was rather. <laughs> <laughs> if you... I recall, he was kind of slender and cool. You know, oh. a slender, cool bully. I don't know. I mean, that I don't. I don't. Hot. Well, I mean, I'm just. I'm, I'm <laughs> Wait, countering. Your, like, I don't. T- is that your type? <laughs> I I'm, now I know if I were to uh, go to the other side, <laughs> slender, cool bully. A slender, cool bully. <laughs> but it's gravitas at that age, which very few have, right? And he'd be ba- in the back of the bus, right. blasting his 1983 boombox. Fucking with this. a 39-year-old man. Well, you know, no, he's in. in a, <laughs> did you is- did you build a time machine <laughs> to come fuck me? <laughs> is this illegal? I'm confused too. Because how old am I? Maybe I'm uncovering something completely else here. I mean, it it. I would say this. I was listening to the words, and if you get deeper into this song, this is awakening things in a second and third grade individual. You know what's funny? Bob and I love the killers. And Hot Fuss, sure. and that came out in 2004, three, four, four. That was all the older, the veteran rock scribes, your Stephen Thomas Erlewine of right. the world, your Kurt Loaders, immediately connected the killers to Duran Duran. And when you hear this song, it's like, oh, well, that makes oh, so much yes. sense. Yeah. And for Bob and I, like our, I feel like our like initial connection 
to Duran Duran was their comeback album. I think it's called The Wedding Album. It's With like, uh, uh, Come Undone and Ordinary World. But <laughs> I mean, we was, love those songs, yeah. but it's a totally but different, was different sound. That was when we were vibe. listening to music. This was just a song that soundtracked the 80s, for me at least. It does. And I think for me, it made me realize, like, wait, adults are up to something that I'm not up to, piecing my Ooh. Legos together and... Uh, you know, early editions of He-Man and She-Ra, may, there may be more to life. Well, I like this. So in your the It awoke something here, in me, and I, could, I didn't know what it was. Wait, was that your sexual awakening? I'm just saying that it's the first song that I remember. Answer and it was the question. On a, it was on a, yeah, I think it was in a sense mm-hmm. where I was like, something is happening with this, especially at the end when the woman is, you know, if you watch the video, MTV was waking up mm-hmm. at this time. There was a woman sort of crawling through the forest, and I'm in second or third grade thinking, <laughs> I don't even understand what human life is let's, about. Let's take a moment so. to go through our sexual awakenings again. Nikki Glazer, friend of the podcast, and congratulations to Nikki, by the way, yeah. for her Netflix special Bangin'. and now a, 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 a full-on uh, theater tour. But her sexual awakening was, of course, Mark Wahlberg finger-blasting Reese Witherspoon on the roller coaster in Fear. Mine is Alicia Silverstone in the amazing video riding one of the London brothers on the motorcycle, but especially <laughs> when she's hailing the old 1920s prop plane uh, uh, hitchhiking in the Aerosmith video for mm. Bob. And this one, he was a little, I'm he's keeping not, his cards I'm, I'm closed for a while positive, on this. I'm not positive this is it, but this Bob hasn't had his sexual awakening yet. Part of it, it was Dan <laughs> telling a story about fucking hot young bullies. No, it was... Um, <laughs> The Tony Danza vehicle, she's all that. Oh, yeah. Or, no, I'm, I, I, I'm just amazed that you... Dro- I didn't realize we're even allowed to drop F-bombs on the show. It's like, I'm so used to our <laughs> other arrangements. We're in a garage that we don't I, even own. You know, I, I'll there start no to stretch the, uh, the storytelling muscles here. Wait, that wasn't it. Was that the name of the Tony Danza vehicle? She's the one. She's the one. She's all that. I no. can't remember anymore. Fuck, it was Amy Dolan's running it's out... your awakening. Amy so. Dolan's running out of the ocean in slow motion. And just with the cliche soundtrack, she's out of control. She's out of control. Thank you. That was the one that did it for me. Or I, I like that. Most likely, that's it. Amy Dolan's to me, and we've talked about this on the show. And as I mentioned, Bob, a, a few episodes back, we kn- we have a three strike rule, and when we when we tell stories three times, if we've told a story on this podcast, then we tell the story again, being completely not unaware that we've already told the story. If that happens three times. And the listeners call us out on it. The podcast ends. So I am aware that we've talked about Amy Dolan's and Pat Morita and um, who's our friend? Dean Cameron. Dean Cameron uh, in Miracle Beach, a Skinamax classic. Mm-hmm. That was my introduction to Amy Dolan's daughter of Mickey Dolan's of the Monkees. Of course. But your introduction was she's out of control. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> it is incredible. And by the way, sexual awakening, what does that mean? It doesn't mean what you, you know... For the first time, too. No, that's different. no, not at all. Totally different. It just flips the switch. It's I like, think a, it it's it's like that moment that you were just. These are the things you know, that this does it for. There's me. something right. else happening here. I think it's 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 it, in essence a a broader world bringing confusion. Like what? Wait, suddenly an there's, excitement. There's and something a confusion, more than yes. simply make me pancakes at seven in the morning, and I will shuffle off to the bus. <laughs> Mark Sessler's in the garage. <laughs> there we are, 95.5 PLJ, coming right at you. It's Survivor. Hi on you. There you stood, that'll teach her. 
doesn't get any better than that like I that's mean, it right that's as good as it gets right this had to be the opening song to she's out of control I, there's no way this song wasn't in that movie <laughs> this had to be the opening to song to roughly 47 songs in 1985 yeah 47 movies so this is high on you by the american rock band survivor survivor who is most famous for eye of the tiger much uh, more famous the rocky than way, yeah um hit and they also had an incredible song. They went back to the, because my sons, Jack and Harrison, and nothing makes me more proud than this. They are completely obsessed with Rocky right now. They are all in on Rocky, and I have no problem sharing the entire catalog with them because it's on Netflix right now. And in Rocky Four, which they don't get to see the Apollo death scene. I have to preface that. People, they don't see Apollo Creed get beaten to death okay. in, in the ring in Vegas. Right. Uh, but after that, starting with, when he gets into the Ferrari after Adrian tells him he can't win, all the way through the training in Russia, through the fight. But they still, seen they, it all. they still get all of the Pauly saying, he's a retard. Right? <laughs> no, there's, no there's none of that. <laughs> okay. And he, they also get the robot at Rocky's house in Rocky Four. Okay, good. Okay, my point is, Survivor has another song. They try to cash in on that Eye of the Tiger heat with a song, and one of the lines is... Uh, because, of course, it's Rocky the American against Ivan Drago the Russian. Is it, and the line is, Is it East versus West or man versus man? <laughs> it's like, uh, yo, right, yo come on, Survivor. You're a little out of your range here. Well, I mean, back in 84, 85, though, that had political implications. So. All right, so high on you. Uh, why, Mark, is this a song that you chose? Uh, so I was in fifth grade. The first, I, I guess you would log it as the first actual girlfriend I had. Ooh, fifth um, grade. In, yep, her name was Vicky. Mark got Vicky a lot Bo. of, like... Not, not um, he didn't get that who was that, but he he did very well with girlfriends at a young age. I think well, I, I checked boxes in terms of uh, socially acceptable relationship. Uh, you know, you check in, get a girlfriend at the same time that earlier people are getting girlfriends. I get that because you know, obviously, great looking guy. Obviously, we all know. Not that. obviously, but also like a sensitive guy who kind of saw those sort of moments in. In middle school, high school is like I, I'm ready for a girlfriend. You were like emotionally mature, I would imagine. Well, you're giving me a lot more credit than uh, perhaps. Bob's due, right though, because yeah. you represented to a certain type of girl. Oh, Mark's so nice, and he says, <laughs> Mark says all the right things. Well, but so I, this I will I'll fill yeah. you in though. This girl was quite annoyed with me. She came marching up to me and said. If you understood how this works, we're supposed to have a song together, number one. And I was supposed to pick it, but I was slow on the draw. So she picked it and it was this song. Whoa. So I had to get my mom to drive me to, did you guys have Caldor near you? The we had we a Caldor. Right. Yeah, I had yeah. to get my mom to drive me to Caldor to go into the tape cassette aisle to pick up the 
Survivor uh, album, which I believe was, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> Vital Signs was the name of the album. <laughs> I mean, it took me forever to find the album. I didn't even like this song, to be honest. I mean, I'm, it, it makes me feel... It was feel a huge so, hit. It was a top 10 hit. At the time, but I, I also, as a fifth grader, a very sheltered fifth grader, knew that it suggested uh, drug use, which was alien <laughs> okay. to me at that point. And this relationship essentially ended when her brother called me up, her older brother, uh, uh, on a Saturday night and said, "If you, when you have a girlfriend, you're supposed to get on the phone and call her and check in with her. And I thought, okay, I had a babysitter watching me at my house. I'm home with a babysitter getting grilled by the older brother of a girl. So I call her up and that on a Saturday night with my babysitter, like 12 feet away, trying to start an organic conversation with my so-called girlfriend no idea what to say the relationship ends about two weeks later i'm stuck with this cassette tape (laughs) wait i have a lot of questions about this family they seem to have very strong opinions on what a relationship is for a 10 year old i she was i i don't blame her in the in the rear view mirror because i think she was following along with the coda of our fifth grade class at the time obviously run by women because they're about a foot and a half taller than any male at that point and they basically said you are to buy a cassette tape you are to assign a song to our coupledom. I mean, I'm, I have no idea just, what I'm doing at that point. Remember the brother just have it and be like, you need to call her. It's like, well, whoa, whoa, there whoa. was a lot of, yeah, no, hey brother, back up, out, guys. Bro. Yeah, the whole thing felt to me, uh, I was like, this is what this hey is bro, about. Hey, bro, but out, bro. <laughs> and how, so how long was the relationship in total about? I think it went on for a couple. It's one of those things where I, kiss? Th- I thought I was in fifth grade. I think we, in, in a, in sort of a par- outdoor parlor game scenario, like a spin the bottle, I think we got was stuck kissing. No, I don't okay. believe so. No, right. I'm in fifth grade. I didn't have any junior. No, high experience, in fifth grade. So no, just... no, it was it was all for show. It was all in title. I don't I, like. Yeah. I thought that we dated for three months. I think she probably thought we dated for about maybe a week and a half. Right. That was yeah. kind of the average relationship around fifth, sixth grade. I, I definitely had a girlfriend for like three weeks. Right. For I think I had one for like four periods one day, where like we started dating in math, but we broke up by bio. It was a, a weird solid time. relationship. It was pretty good. It was my best relationship ever. My only relationship in fifth grade was Don Mattingly. <laughs> so I don't know what you guys are talking about. I just want to let you guys uh, a little brief pivot to geopolitical talk. Sure. Obviously. Two worlds collide. Rival nations. It's a primitive clash. Venting years of frustrations. Bravely we hope. Against all hope. There is so much at stake. Seems our freedom's up against the ropes. Nice. Does the crowd understand? Is it East versus West or man against man? Can any nation stand alone? That's why the Cold War ended. That song did it. Thank you, Survivor. Is it East versus West I mean, that's that's an incredible. Clar- song. That should have been my that's song with my fifth song. grade girlfriend. For clarity, that that song has no ties to Mark's uh, <laughs> past relationship with women. No, but it does have ties to the Cold War, and you cannot <laughs> refute that. All right, getting back now. So we're started. I feel like Bob, we're getting a real good uh, 
ground level look where Mark is coming from uh, as, a, as, as a young man. Ooh, are these chronological? Are we going to go from like 82 or keep going? Or is it going to be, are we going to bounce around? I believe they are largely, there's a little bit of a psychological bounce around, but largely chronological. All right. <laughs> You sleep on like how big that open is of the song. <laughs> like there's no fucking around with Br- Berlin. Bring it in from the top. I mean, once again, c- communism is just absolutely. Uh, you know. It's it's heavy in these in these ballads. Like Berlin is not fucking around right now. Well, so <laughs> this song, so remember, this was the anthem for Top Gun, of course. Of course. Of course. We all know that. The signature and song. The star of Top Gun, Kelly McGillis, had the same exact hairstyle as the girl that sat next to me in uh, science class, but essentially in homeroom. Back then, you'd have homeroom, mm-hmm. and you know these, these students would be intermeshed. Was it science, cl- science class or chemistry? It might have been a little chemistry. I was, this was the first girl that I would say that I completely was totally smitten with, and it wasn't just some sort of third or fourth grade type thing. Mm. And it took me the entire year to muster up the courage to ask her to go out with me essentially as boyfriend, girlfriend, which she said yes, but I think we had different ideas of what that meant. We went to a dance, and this song played, and this was the one slow dance that we uh, had together. Then school, the school year ended, and she quickly went on what was a th- like a three-month entire summer vacation oh, no. across the country. Oh, no. Well, actually, it was kind of good for me okay. because you're standing your ground. Well, in theory, we're still dating. Right. And so there was no the, – the relationship was in stasis. It did no. not move. Okay. And I thought, well, I've held this relationship together through the whole summer. Returns from sixth grade into seventh grade and dumped me within three days of returning to seventh grade. But this she is the found one some better dick. Sounds like. I mean, she was in sixth grade, so I don't know about that. <laughs> Cross country dick. I would largely suggest that might not have been the actual that reason. Was, that was not the exact quote she gave you when she <laughs> I mean, ended the relationship. I guess you know what else am I to blame it on? But yeah, returned to our homeland and systematically dumped me and left me in a, a wasteland where this was the only good memory I had of our not only but. This song. And 
mean, you didn't see that coming at all, right? Because you were just like, she's gone, but we're all good. I got this girlfriend. You got to like, like hold your head high all summer. Like, got a girlfriend. Got this well, girlfriend. I'll, I'll say real quickly, and I know Dan has a, a sister, I and I always say her name is it Sioban Axe, or <laughs> <laughs> that is not the correct pronunciation, but, but that is phonetically that. what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. So it's like I always felt like guys who had sisters uh, were able to sort of demythologize women a little bit more than I was. I had a brother and like we just sat around playing Legos and watching like WWF wrestling uh-huh. and women were a complete mystery mystery to me and I and I went into these relationships dealing essentially with a different type of species and so it was always a failed human experiment. Bob, how was this song our junior prom song? Great question. Like because, that was right, your junior was prom song? Our prom was in late April 1997, junior prom. Mm. This song was a hit in, I believe, 10 years earlier? Yes. And that's very prom-esque, though. Like I, We had the thing where they, you'd cycle back to a well, hit from yesterday. But it was kind of before I was, the 80s revolution. I, was, I think we were on the cusp of the 80s revolution. That was the beginning of it all. Because as we were even listening to Duran Duran, I remember having a moment with my girlfriend from 1997 where we were like debating the lyrics of that song. Like there was like the beginning of the eighties revival, which is why this was our wedding singer is a big part of that. This was our junior prom song. And then, um, eternal flame by the bangles was our senior prom song, but that's because Dan rigged the vote. Right. That's a whole other story, but we've told that story. We've told that story. We're not going to get into it. (laughs) All right. So now there's started to be a theme unfurling here that, Mark was a, a sensitive boy around the, in his younger years. And I think there's something to be said to that, that I think all teenage boys are extremely sensitive. Any teenager is, but boys just as much as girls, but boys are taught to kind of bury that and not show it. And now I think what made Mark successful with, with women his age or girls his age was that he was better at just kind of wearing that sensitivity. Now, I, I didn't know you, Mark, at this time, but, Bob, you, you follow what I'm, uh, where I'm going on this, right? Like, Yeah, but it's a tough line to walk because the sensitive thing, it only plays sometimes. Right. Like, Mark was also, you're also like a football player, right? You're total jock. Football star, I, I call it a football <laughs> star, but you can use So maybe words. that was helping you out more than the fact that deep down you were this poet. <laughs> I would say versatile is the word I'd use, but mm. I think, but you're right, Dan, because it's, you have no idea who the heck you are, or what's going on back then. And, you know, again, though, the women in my life were picking these songs. I, I almost was so sensitive that I took zero, I had no control over what was happening where these songs were being chosen for me on some level. Well, let's, let's now, it's funny you brought up the football thing, because at some point you were going to find, Here's the the masculine side of a young Mark Sessler. Let's listen. (laughs) Wait, not yet. (laughs) As masculine as it gets. Right. Is this Iron Maiden? No, it is not. Metallica. China Maiden. (laughs) I believe this might have showed up, Bob, on one of our... uh, 80s countdowns we've done. I think it did. But I stand line. by this song. I stand by this song. I, I could listen to a little marks with an X at any time. All right. Let's listen to those velvety pipes. 
This guy fucked. Oceans apart, day after day, and I slowly go insane. I hear your voice on the line, but it doesn't stop the pain. If I see you next to never, then how can we see? one of those guys one of those old guys but how come they don't make songs like this anymore oh you're that old guy but but because there is still a market for love songs like this there is always going to be young people specifically that are lovelorn and want to have songs like these and at a certain point i feel like they just kind of went away and i know like it, I think part of it is is that hip hop is the dominant popular music now, right? And hip hop doesn't typically do love songs, and certainly doesn't do sappy love ballads. But I wonder if like the, the youths, the youths of today, don't even realize what they're missing because these were kind of like important songs to have when you were young. Like, and when Bob and I are a few years younger than Mark, like. Having those songs like the Mariah Carey bangers or the Boys to Men bangers, like uh, or the Janet Jackson like uh, slow jams, those you kind of need those in the repertoire as a teenager. I don't know if the kids are getting them today. I don't, you're Dean. How, do, how old's Dean now? Eight. Just turned eight. When is Dean? Like, where is Dean going to get this emotional outlet that a a young man doesn't otherwise know how to process and feel things? Is he going to get it from Drake? I mean, if the Imagine Dragons don't start <laughs> stripping shit down, then I don't know. I think the no, Imagine no, Dragons right. don't do that. I know. That's yep. what I'm saying. You're right. It's a, it's, it's funny that you bring up Dean. And we all have sons. And I was really only about 14 or so when this song came into my life. And it was the first legit real girlfriend where it was mm. the first... Lo- I brought it into this because it was the first long-distance relationship. Met her at a summer camp, which I mentioned many times to Dan. No. Camp Jewel. And, I don't and think you brought up Camp Jewel. <laughs> of course. It's funny because your wife actually, Bob, His attended wife. the same exact camp. Isn't that strange? You keep her name out of your mouth. I will, but she's she's from no. Connecticut. She's right. like Connecticut, Mark. Right, right, yeah. We just discovered this a couple you guys months ago. Are very close to overlapping age wise. Have you slept with Bob's wife? Just answer the question on the podcast. I'm going to say no, at, for now. Are I mean, you open to it? <laughs> I'm going to say TBD on that. That's why you're here tonight, Mark. Heather, (laughs) come on in. That's what this was all about. She's like, now I love the podcast. (laughs) I do wonder, though, with my own kids, like, will, like, they are mere years away from being in the same psychological situation that I was when this song came out. Maybe they'll be old souls and you'll discover this because music's never been obviously more easy to dig up from the past. So maybe that's the outlet, but. That's also not natural because people always want to gravitate towards. No, they like current. their own stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's that, that song for me was um, a song that came out of the one that was like a stripped down kind of banger in a way that made me think of the girl I liked was Mr. Biggs uh, to be with you. Oh, it yeah. Came out a few years later. Yep. That's when we were in fifth grade. 
Yes. And I remember listening to that. And th- that was the song that spoke to me the way Richard Marks spoke to you. A lot of shared DNA there. By the way, you know who Richard Marks is married to, don't you? Heather, Someone's your wife. super hot. Daisy Fuentes. Yes, Fuentes. Is that still a thing? It's still a thing. I mean, at some point they were both like, well, you know. I mean, it makes sense. We're financially set. Let's just do this. Oh, yeah, we're getting old. Why do I want Richard Marks to have gone somewhere a little more pure than that after mm. the song we after just heard? That song, Why isn't right? Daisy Fuentes pure? That was about his first what? wife, probably. Wait, let, let Mark answer the question. Well, I don't, know. I don't Daisy, know her personally. Why isn't Mrs. Fuentes pure to you, Mark? Uh, she doesn't strike me that way in terms of the image that she's propelled for herself. But you know what? I don't know her, in, but he does. He does. I would hope so. In theory. All right, it's time now to move into a uh, different terrain. Wait, real quick. Yes. Richard Marks also recently played the Troubadour. Did he really? Yeah, where we saw Sam Fender. Richard Marks was there like a week before. What is Pretty he? Small like room for 62 uh, years old at this yeah. point? He's got to be okay. older than that, right? I don't know. I mean, he had incredible... Because he was he a little older even then. Too. I yeah. feel like he was pro- when this song came out, he had to be in his late 30s. And he's actually, the, yeah. The best thing about this podcast is I do things on Google like... Richard Marx age. <laughs> is that the best thing about this podcast? <laughs> to me, it is. Cousin of Karl Marx. Wow, I take it back. He was a younger man when he had these hits. He's 56 now. He was just singing like an old man. Hmm. All right, let us move on to a different type of music. Whoa. So, if you were born in the early 80s, like Bob and I, uh, may, may, maybe I'm talking out of school, Bob, but correct me, but I wasn't aware of this song. Uh, my first introduction to Blues Traveler was Runaround. Makes which, sense. Which uh, came three or four years later, and then Hook, another classic song by them. But then this song, kind of, I think, on the heels of Runaround being big, became part of that um, playlist as well, and that got played as well on a lot of the modern rock stations. Yeah. Were you aware of this song before? No, no, Runaround? this is, yeah. yeah, it's a total post runaway song for me. But it but was, this it came was out on, in 1990. It was on, but it was on a lot post yeah. Runaround. Yes. Yeah. Well, Great so this, song. this was their first album. Uh, and as, what do you call it? When you, when you self title an anonymous release. Yeah, it, it was named yeah. Blues Traveler. And 1990, and I am a, at this point, 15 years old a young 15 year though like more like a 13 year old Mm. in terms of i grew up again with no older brother or sister so my music tastes were lesser than some who had like records passed down this was the first album that somehow came into my midst that i completely bought into and played over and over and what you know you're at the age where you're making mixtapes for girls Mm -hmm. and you're just cold calling girls with (laughs) mixtapes And I'm trying to. At this point, I was like, Cold "I'm calling. gonna, I'm going to make." Here's the pitch, see? Right. Like, <laughs> it's like I'm going to make Gary you Gary like Ross. Blues Traveler more than I care about you liking me. Like, I got so into Blues Traveler. It's the first 
uh, group that I went to to see a concert. The first con- and they, now I get it. Blues Traveler today. They is, were a jam band. It, well, but they, they were. But today, like anyone listening to this right now that's a bit younger is thinking, really? Like Blues Traveler? They kind of blew my mind when they came out because they were a lot different than other stuff. But mm-hmm. I get why it wouldn't have been everyone's thing. For me, it captured me hard. And again, I put this on probably 30 to 40 mixtapes. And I was swinging and missing in wild ways on those mixtapes. I like that you were ahead of the blues <laughs> yeah. traveler curve. This well, is very. I, I would throw this at you too. My friend would give me. Um, he went to school in Virginia, and would send me these grainy, grainy cassette tapes of someone named Dave Matthews playing in little tiny tiny Charlottesville, Virginia bars, and people would barely be listening. And he and all, I'd play these for girls at my school when I went to college, and they were like. This guy sucks. And then like two months later, his album comes out and they're all blasting his album out of their dorm room windows. You fakes. Good. <laughs> good restraint. Not um, killing all those people. Well, yes, I, I like, thought about it. <laughs> Still seemed like it was about in it. play. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like a higher learning well, Michael Rappaport scenario. It was it's like, I showed you this first. Yeah, it was a bit of a social lesson to me. You know, please. <laughs> Speaking of Blue, Dave, Blues Traveler is very. Before speaking of Dave, Blues Traveler for a fifteen-year-old, they're a very like collegey kind of band. So there is something kind of it's weird to say like older sounding about them, but I could see being fifteen, being like, "Oh, this is what the older kids are into." That's right. I thought, "Oh, I've finally for once, um, I'm at the head of something." Versus, you know, yeah, whatever the. I I mean, musically, I could have been more of more of a naif. I was that I was that way with the bare naked ladies, so I know I know what you're doing. You Some of the coolest guys you'll ever be encountered with. <laughs> A couple you got of whites, BNL <laughs> and blues, and the Travs. Um, I do love I do love that popper. A big heavy set man, you know, and they uh, the music was so good that they couldn't take it away from him. No, they, I love that popper's still kicking. He he lost a lot of that weight. Yeah, but I believe he was one of the first to have the surgery, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, did he? Have I, I believe. Surgery? I believe. I don't want to. I hope this doesn't get picked but, up um, for journalistic. It will be. Okay. Um, but to be like a 300 and something pound older guy and have be in regular rotation on MTV that that did not happen. But then it kind of then you think about the runaround video and they literally did the Wizard of Oz thing. And he played Oz, and they put him behind a curtain and hit him the entire video. So You're not wrong. Now, speaking of Dave Matthews. Bob, this is always the best part of any podcast. Of course. When we have a guest and Dave Matthews comes on. Because, Mark, you may not know this, but Bob and I... We've always painted ourselves as guys that we, you know we're a little bit above Dave. Never sure. like, never like Dave. And then sure. we realize that there's roughly seventy three Dave Matthews songs that we love, yeah. such as <laughs> yeah, at least shot to light in my butt <laughs> and uh, crash into I my behold. Right? Stay in. Stay with me every day. Every day. Like that one. Uh, grave digger. Would you, you dig, dig my grave? grave? Like that hands one. marching in my butthole. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you're the biggest crazy. Thank you. That one. Stay, then, stay. When the world ends. All right, now. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 uh, we like them. Now, here's a song that I have never heard. Really? 
It is off the Crash album. It is called Proudest Monkey. Oh, wow. Let's listen. Can't wait to love it. Paint a picture day. <laughs> now I am the proudest monkey <laughs> you ever seen. Monkey see monkey. Oh yes, 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 yeah, yes, he yes, did yes. it. He did it. <laughs> yeah, the monkey <laughs> He did it. Okay, this is like right. a great song. Put it on the list. On Def- the list. Definitely put it above. Don't drink the water. Oh, it's There's something in the water. in the water. Put it above that. Put it above. Far above that. Yeah. Put it above. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. This is a good song. This song never really veers away from this beautiful kind of winding narrative. Wouldn't either. want it to. Uh, uh, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Uh, did we say, the space hanging no, in my butthole? Nope. Samurai Cop. Oh, Samurai Cop is a good one. <laughs> and I think that's what he says in it. Did we mention drinks too much? Is no, too much? this is this is better than drinks too much. Better than that one. No, because he. Where are you going? Yeah. He became very guilty. I thought I I turned against him because this album actually was massively overproduced and I only knew that because people told me that. I mean I sensed that, but right. people put he, that he into got words. More only, right. yeah, as they but only right. somebody who was listening to grainy cassette tapes can say that with authority. I felt the sting yeah. of betrayal um in There's still in six what was minutes happening. left in the song. No, it's been on for three minutes. <laughs> well he takes a lot a lot of liberties. I'm I taking my time to pull it into the narrative of the Samurai Cup. The female world. Like the there was a, a girl that lived like was essentially a next door neighbor uh, forever and suddenly we're both like 18 19 20 and there were a lot of like kids in our neighborhood and there were a lot of romances happening left right she moved to france and she was a huge dave matthews fan and like i would listen to this song over and over because of her and we wrote like huge letters back and forth but the entire time she was apparently into someone else from what i understand so well she's Wait, in france. how did you come to understand this just because this was the this was a continual narrative, but like she, uh, she was a pretty American girl that she went was to an Paris. Awesome person I wonder what who happened. I'm actually like the, she is in the world of family friends, so I will speak mm. no ill. But you know, it's just one of those lessons you learn. But this Every song day. I probably played four thousand times in a dorm room because of simple connections to someone, which sounds very cheesy. Do you still have any of the letters? Well, I sent them to France, so I don't. But any of her letters in oh. return? Uh, well, I, less were yes, received than were sent. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> not on Say hand. No more. I mean, not do, at the, do we not count on the hand ones the that moment. got returned to sender. <laughs> yeah, as the there's return you know. letter. Um, this does make me think, Bob. We haven't shared this story yet on the podcast. Proudest monkey makes me think of. Uh, oh no! Should I tell this story? Why not? Okay. At this point. So, the year is about 2008 maybe 2009 we're living in Hollywood I am in a relationship with my future wife at this time and we go out on my wife is back in New York I'm living in LA we go out on the town with Bob's then girlfriend yes now wife Mm -hmm. and friends yes her friends from home Connecticut 
Okay. Oh, sorry. These were New York friends, but we were talking earlier off mic about her Connecticut friends. So, <laughs> and uh, we went to that. What is that bar uh, on Sunset? Oh, you, it was like the Mondrian. It was like a the one hotel. on the Sunset. Yeah. Uh, you've been to it before. It, it's got the pool on top. On Sky Bar. Sky Bar. That's where we were. We went to Sky Bar and they stayed at that hotel. Yes. And we were all having a great time. We were getting loose. Big uh, Big Al was there. Mm-hmm. Mike Circlin was there. Our buddy Mike Circlin was there. And uh, you know, there's only so much I can do. You know. Sure. Yeah, em- Emily. Emily, three thousand miles away. Just we're just going to throw that out there. Emily, a long three thousand miles away, and not that I would cheat on Emily, but no. also one of Emily's closest friends, Heather, my future wife, is in this hotel room as well. Right. One of Heather's friends was feeling a little frisky, and a, a girl that I had really hit it off with multiple times back in New York before Emily, and nothing ever happened. But on this night, we're all having fun. And at one point in the hotel room, the two of us have a moment alone where I think we're both going to get another drink. You and Bob or? No, no. Okay. I don't even know if Bob was there at that point. No, I was probably just taking care of my future wife in this moment. <laughs> and we're making drinks and she, I, see, I could see her looking at me and in the corner of my eye and I look at her and she's making eye contact and she goes, well, I'll never forget this as long as I live. As we listen to Proudest Monkey by Dave Matthews Band. She says, are we naughty monkeys? (laughs) (laughs) And I knew what that meant. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, Clearly, if you break it down. You don't have to break it down that much. Let's go find a place to have some fun. Heather doesn't need to know. No, your girlfriend doesn't need to know. Your girlfriend doesn't need to know. Dave Matthews doesn't need to know. We're all just monkeys. Sometimes we're naughty animalistic were you saying this is a show that uh emily your current wife <laughs> listens to no she never listens okay. to the show but she knows that story so that's good i want to tell a story on the podcast that she doesn't know right there's the, there's the happy marital ending of nothing happened if, <laughs> right. if something if, happened emily if he would was not know that story. if he was a single guy and he couldn't close after are we naughty monkeys that would be a sad story now here's the here's the real talk in the garage of the whole thing yeah is I can't give you the answer. At that age in Hollywood, if Heather's not there, do I make the same decision? Pre-married, you're not married yet. Not married and not engaged sure. years from being engaged. Different world. Do I make, well, thankfully, and you know, God bless Heather for so many reasons. <laughs> uh, it made the decision a no-brainer because that, I mean, it's just, it's not even a, it's not even a, Situation where you think about it right. for obvious reasons. Right. Too many loose ends to tie off. Too Not many... to mention that would be being unfaithful to my future wife. There's that too. And the mother of my children. But it, but when a she was a very this this girl very attractive, and we always <laughs> but, uh, you can't well Heather doesn't listen to this either. No, we're fine. This girl had Simone a really, is the only, Simone is the only one who could rat us out right now. <laughs> this girl had a she really a lot of power. Great like kind of energy to her like a mm. sexual energy. Mm-hmm, sure. She was very attractive. So <laughs> when she says. Are we naughty monkeys? You want to be a naughty. You want to be a naughty you, you, monkey. She is. She. You want to willingly be pulled into her world on some level, but at the same time, Couldn't you though. know, Heather was there. I want to hear you suggest for other reasons that you. Uh, <laughs> but Heather was there. But so. Heather was there. I had to do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> Are we naughty monkeys? There's a problem, 
By the way, if we were a successful pop act, we would call our fans now Naughty Monkeys. All the Naughty Monkeys out there. Well, we can do it anyway. <laughs> Going forward. By the way, this is we are on Patreon. And we are the only reason this exists. And I'm going to play this song twice because it's a short song in R.E.M. Our Gods. And the song's so good that yeah, it needs to be played a second yeah, yeah. time. But uh, throwbackpod.com slash no, nope. patreon.com slash throwbackpod if you want to give a little bit to the show, keep us moving, and the people that have given us uh, support yeah, we include... big-time sponsors, including the legendary Bruno the Sponsor. Love that dude. Love Bruno. that guy. He's been sponsoring us since day one. Courtney and Wyatt, keeping this thing alive in our top tier. And all the Patreonies from as little as $2 a month, $6 a month. We appreciate every little bit. It keeps... The podcast alive. It keeps Heather off my back. It keeps Heather Somewhat. keeping. It keeps Heather. Uh, keeps the Dan, monkeys off the back. Keeps, <laughs> the monkeys off Dan's back. It's all good. Courtney and Wyatt. There are a couple. I'm assuming. Yeah, Courtney they got are. the sponsorship for Wyatt, and then I think forgot that she did this. Bruno, Courtney, and Wyatt. Yeah, heroes. Shout out. Heroes. Yes, I like this song. This is one of my favorite REM songs. Great I actually shows. worked on a music video with Michael Stipe and Orange. Hold that Wait, thought. What? Hold that thought because that's a great story. The ground All right, this is Fall On Me uh, during R.E.M.'s early days. It's off their album Life's Rich Pageant, which is a great album title. Uh, Functionally perfect song to me. Mark, why is it on uh, our list tonight? Uh, It is at a time. I mean, a lot of the stuff I'm bringing up here is mixtapes and uh, striking out with women of the same age and women that are your age that would much rather date uh, when you're a junior in high school, guys that are in high school, college and seniors and stuff, blah, blah, blah. I drove around town with a couple close guy friends. It seems not that unsimilar than you guys uh, back in high school. I had a friend named John Powers, who I had no older brother. He introduced me great fucking name. to the, John Powers' great name. Like He introduced yeah, me to this song and probably 50 to 60 other incredible artists and songs where he just basically brought real music into my life where I was listening to just stuff off Z100 I mean which was not a bad station obviously you guys listen to that too but I had no music library and we would drive around uh, typically heartbroken over one or two or three girls over the course of years and just listen to songs like this over and over and wallow in our own uh, you know (laughs) misery I think that actually did more to grow me as a person, though, than actually being in a relationship with one of the, one of these guys that vi- you're friends with someone. They get in a relationship and they vanish for four months. You never talk to him again. 
We weren't those guys. I was always jealous of the guys that had the big brother that was in college when we were in high school and had all of the great kind of underground alternative rock acts. And they introduced you to like Nine Inch Nails uh, when they had like the head like a whole album like right and or rem before out of time nobody like, nobody nobody ever heard the pixies if they didn't have an older brother <laughs> that's the only way you would know they existed exactly god i love that song such a great song and keep in mind mark as the guest yes. you get to choose and i am not telling you where to go so don't read into this as me saying that you should choose fall on me by rem as the latest edition addition to the throwback podcast playlist but you will choose one of these songs if that's not on there the i mean i think some of the others might be a painful ad so this is this anything is the, the song that you like the most the song that speaks to you to you the most will be added to our playlist well, that's, right. that's an incredible I mean, power to no possess. And there's no wrong a- there's no wrong answer the only right answer is the survivor song but there's no wrong exactly. answer. <laughs> <laughs> all right next no, up no. is a song that came out in 1992 and i have to say i've never heard of the artist and i've never heard of the song bob let me know if you are on the same page okay That um, Manu Savari and the Jack guy from American Pie lost their virginity to. <laughs> it, I could see it. It could have potentially reared its head in a in a film like that. All right, let's keep listening. What's his name? Chris Klein. Yeah. You're a jock. I'm a brainiac. This would never work. Let's fuck. That was American Pie. How's that? All right, tell us why, Mark. Palomine by Betty Servirt. I would call this the 1B to the Fall on Me by R.E.M., where okay. it was... I, 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 give it, I give two uh, songs to this narrative where... John Powers, the friend and I, because it was a full two years stars. where we drove around town totally uh, downbeaten by these two girls that we liked. We, we essentially had no idea why they didn't like us back. Now I've learned all those lessons because it was so crystal clear why they... So you're were, a huge Betty Servert fan? I mean, we were driving around <laughs> playing R.E.M. and Betty Servert, uh, which, you know, they are a Dutch indie rock band. But this song, uh, this, this grew some legs later on in the 90s to this band did, but... We were driving around in our own, wallowing our own in our own pity, which guys, you know, certain types of guys can do. I think at times. some guys can do it. Like we were, I think, tricked at a very during our prime years to think that the moody, introspective, quiet guys were the ones that girls were drawn to. But because of Ethan Hawke and Reality Bites sure. and people like that, but it wasn't until years later that I learned that it's only because he looked like Ethan Hawke that that worked. Right. That, I was taking right, cues that, from that, yeah. <laughs> and nobody was like, "Let me fix him," at all. What you the want ben is the Ben Stiller he- guy. Actually, you you're okay if you're Ben Stiller, which means you're unremarkable, but you're a decent human being, and you, you know, 
you treat women with respect and all that, you, you'll be okay in the end. You'll just never be Ethan Hawke. There no, is a there is a point in every young man's life where he realizes he's not Ethan Hawke. You want to be complicated. You want to be complicated because you think the girls will like it, but it's not gonna it's not gonna pull him unless you look like you'll you're suffer co- a lot yeah. for that. I mean, you will get your occasional uh, night in the hotel in Sky Bar where someone's <laughs> asking you to be, you know, naughty monkeys. Sure. All right. I mean, if you're if you don't look like Ethan Hawke, if you look like a regular person, a, just a regular dude, and you're moody and distant. You're, you know, somebody that has to speak to the guidance counselor, typically. <laughs> you're not somebody that, like, girls want to... Now, nowadays, you know. you're on a list, just to be safe. Um, Betty Servirt? Servirt. I believe it's Betty Servirt. That's sure. how I always... They were one of those it. bands, kind of like a Yola Tango, which I never heard. I just knew that indie people liked them. Well, and, so. I, and I cannot stand people that cling on to certain bands like that, acting like they... Live on a higher Klingon, status. Klingon, nice Star Wars but they're, That is not a Star But these Wars bands movie. are good. Like Bell and Sebastian's <laughs> another one that I found, like I got into years later. But it was like one of those kind of indie cred bands. This is the part of the episode where Bob drops a bunch of indie bands to let people know that he listens no, to them. No, but Betty so Sarood, I've never heard. Moment. I don't think I've ever heard before. But, do but I put them in that category. Like right. I think Yola Tango was Get, on one you episode. You have Adam Green uh, they were on one episode. <laughs> they were on one episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it was like, oh, that's that band. Like, Oh, really? Were they? Yeah. So it was like- there What was those... the Buffy band that had heat uh, in that era? Was it Chibo Matto? Yes, Chibo Matto. Yeah, see, all of those bands. I never knew them. <laughs> and Betty Servier was a band I saw maybe in Rolling Stone, but I never heard until this moment in the garage. And I actually had to do a bit of Google search- research myself on this. I mean, I knew of a song or two, but to claim that I was some sort of groupie would be incorrect. All right, Bob, get one thought on Adam Green. Go ahead. I would. Uh, I was listening to Adam Green recently, Friends of Mine, the album from 2002, I believe. Excellent album. It got a very high score on Pitchfork, and it deserved it. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't heard it, Friends of Mine, Adam Green, great, great LP. Well, okay. nice page. There we go. We got there. All right, now here's an artist that I never thought we would play in this garage and to be quite honest, I don't think we'll ever play it again. But because we like Mark so much, we're going to play them right now. My words did glow with the gold of sunshine. Wait, this is great. This is so good. <laughs> Ripple. We're played on the strong. Would you hear my voice? Come through the music. Would you hold it near as it Bright Eyes makes so much more sense then. There it is. Yeah, it's the only reason Bright Eyes <laughs> exists is because Grateful Dead put out a song in 1970 off the album American Beauty called Ripple. What a beautiful song. 
I put this in here because have you ever had like I'm sure you have at this point, but the girlfriend, uh, one of the like the first time you'd have a girlfriend where you just disappear in with with that person for like 70 straight hours and like be gone like no one would know where you were for four or five days that kind of thing then you get into wild fights and it was just like a total roller coaster i this is the song i remember from a relationship uh of that nature in college and we would play grateful dead non-stop off of i had a, had a, a friend earlier in college who gave me about 60 to 70 different Grateful Dead mixtapes, and I just play it nonstop. It was my, my band. First those of college all, years. question number one is that friend still with us? Uh, the the one that gave yeah. me the tape. Yes. Okay. Good. Yes, good. As far as I know, yes. Dicey prospect when they have that many. No, great... was a, he had his act. He had okay, his good. act together. Yeah. Second question: <laughs> Was this girl a college hippie girl? Uh, yes, to some degree, and she shaved her pits. Somebody's got to ask the question. <laughs> yes, she did. I mean, she wasn't from, you know, Denmark, so yes. But her father was in the Shot CIA, according to her. A CIA father oh, wow. that had vanished. So she had oh, some, I love this story. some ups and downs. I, well, I don't love this story. It's a tragic story because he never came home, right? The, w- this, was the, this was the version I got that the father was in the CIA and uh, vanished at an earlier time in the young woman's life mm-hmm. and never returned. And there, it, that cr- there was some ripple effect to that. I would Whoa, suggest. Oh, uh, it ties it all together. Yeah. I can't wait to use that excuse when I disappear. Well, you should. See I'm tweeting out yeah. our uh, throwback, our uh, around the NFL podcast. Okay. Recording from about an hour ago. So you guys vamp together for a couple more minutes. About well, this the isn't dead. vamping. We're just uh, having a conversation. And about. I'll be back in a minute. So one thing that happens on this podcast, uh, an inordinate amount is uh, 9-11 comes up, and you would probably think that a song off the Grateful Dead's 1970 album couldn't tie into 9-11, but it totally does for this, me. Is this the vamping, the 9-11 story? <laughs> Jesus, Bob. I am, you've got me glued in. I took a class in college called The History of Rock and Roll. How to Survive 9-11 with the Help of Jerry Garcia. Where, you know, it started with, you know, Muddy Waters and went all the way to Tool. But you love that course. It was my favorite. And I'm jealous. <laughs> Honestly, it's it, the only course I remember from college. I want to transfer to Towson University <laughs> now to take the history oh, of rock and roll. Yeah. But when they got to the um, the 70s, this was a song I had never heard in my life. And the first time I heard it was in that history of rock and roll class. And it just blew my mind because I only knew the Grateful Dead as the band that did Touch of Grey where they were playing like skeletons on <laughs> yes. TV. Right, right. And like a hippie Jerry Garcia band that existed on the stickers in the back of Volkswagen Bugs. That was it. So that song, I was shocked that they actually made music that I liked. And I'm not a Grateful Dead fan. Like that didn't turn me into a fan, but I love that song. And it ties into 9-11 because that's the class I was in when I found out that the first plane hit. So it all ties together. I think it ties a nation into <laughs> 9-11. I mean, it ties the entire American nation into that event. So here comes the tweet. How long does it take for you to fucking tweet? Because <laughs> you, you got Durr, me. I got Tom Rivera. You got me thinking about that beautiful Tuesday. <laughs> oh no! And I wasn't expecting. All right, well. Garcia was an absolute perfectionist too. From what I, I love that song. Never heard it. Have no connection really? to the Grateful Dead. My, I'm somewhat surprised. That my dad, uh, my dad, uh, no, not a jam band guy. Sure. Dad liked the Stones and you know more traditional classic rock uh my mom no and then no big brother and no 
What about Sayabon Axe? Not a Grateful Dead. Sayabon, Sayabon, Sayabon was it. not into the dead. What was Sayabon into? She was into Led Zeppelin, okay. and she actually was into Oasis before we were. That's right. Um, so, but she uh, was into rock and some classic rock. But see, that was the older sibling handing down Led Zeppelin. Right. I had friends whose older brothers and sisters were they were listening to Led Zeppelin. I had no. It scared me. I had no idea what that was when I was in fifth and sixth grade. No. All right. You had Sayabon. It didn't take it, though. She handed it to Dan, but he dropped it on the floor. Mm, fair. And pissed what, on Zep? it. What, Zep? Zep, yeah. I, I never got leaded. <laughs> I never got leaded. I never so, quite understood. So you would we say you're the appeal. unleaded. Unleaded would be fair. Boom. And I think Greeby, who we love, who, Bob, Bob, you initiated the yeah. Around the NFL podcast subreddit, but Greeby. You did. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. Wait, took, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Greeby took the baton and built it. And I believe Greeby got on my case in a DM because we were we had castigated the Led Zeppelin rock band. We call them nerd rock because they it's like sing the Lord about of the Rings bullshit. wizards and stuff. Yeah. Are you, are, you, are you and Greeby close? Do you no. hand off the board to I got magic, magic potions. I, start, I started the set. <laughs> <laughs> That's every Led That is Zeppelin dead song. on, by the way. There's a wizard coming up around the corner. <laughs> I started uh, the subreddit and didn't know what to do with it. And then one day Greeby was like, hey, can I? I'm Greeby. I'm Greeby. Right. Let me take control of this. We'll he didn't, turn he the, didn't have to say anything else. Like, your name is Greeby? We'll take turn it. this into yeah. something beautiful. And then he made, and he, he did a he made it big. Uh, you, uh, I never knew that about you. And you deserve massive street cred for beginning I that believe I have the power to delete it at will. So just don't cross me. That would be an. By the way, I'm just trying to be Baller an incredible move. move to just pull the plug on that randomly. There's twelve thousand like people signed yeah. up for that. Reddit. One day it could just be gone, and that's me. If that ever happens, it's me because Dan pissed me off. Sure. I like that a lot. All right, well, let's just change the tenor of the whole night. All right, <laughs> final song on Mark's really um, varied playlist is a song that really punches me in the old dick feels. Every time. In the man gash? That right was in the man the gash. Intention. The first time I ever heard it, and even to this day, it takes me back. David Gray. Oh, shit. This Year's Love by David Gray off the White Ladder album, which was huge uh, in 
like the 2000, 2001 era. Bob and I were college junior slash seniors, and he was kind of like the lover's jam. If you didn't fuck to this year's love in 2002, what were you doing? What the fuck were you doing? Exactly. And, you, and by fuck, I mean make love gently. And you best believe this was on the uh, Sleep Sex Mix, Bob. I oh, keep there's forgetting no, we're allowed to talk about, this, this way. Song this song must have been the fucking anchor on the Sleep Sex Mix. It, it might have been track one. Mark, I had a um, mix CD <laughs> uh, slash real jukebox playlist. I had my first like serious girlfriend later in my college years. So I was having sex regularly, which was great. Because that, <laughs> yeah, I was looking not? forward to that yeah. my whole life. And then it was happening. And um, as you know, it happens in college, you do that happens a lot. And then she lived across the hall. So she would sleep in the dorm room with me at night. So I would have a mix that would serve both purposes. It's a sleep sex mix. And, and Bob can't wrap his head around it. I never understood. Maybe you don't either. But so a song like David Gray would be on the mix. But it would also, it could happen when one thing was happening. It could happen where the other thing was happening. But it played as we, we drifted off to bed. I don't know where Bob is uh, existing in, on our planet, but I, I had a similar, this song yes! played oh, no. in a similar repertoire with, a... with, with the, like the first girl that I lived with. Oh. Whereas a very, we would play this throughout the night, but then other things might happen. And a sleep sex mix. I had a sex mix. Yeah. And I had a sleep mix. You had two separates. Yeah, I had two separates. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're talking a sleep slash sex mix. <laughs> so you'd get up and change the cassette tape. What are you, or a the robot? D- I mean, what is, you know. I'm so happy to have someone that understands me finally. <laughs> oh, man, no wonder you guys are friends. I get it. Let's continue listening to this song. <laughs> oh, my God. This year's love is Beyond, beyond scoring our sex lives in 2002, this song was in so many movies around yes. that time. And it immediately makes me think of Crazy Beautiful starring Kirsten Dunst. Good movie. Not good movie, but memorable. But a movie Crazy I Slash Beautiful. Yes. I always remember Slash again. Slash. Yeah. slash again. Yeah. Where I don't know what it was about, but she was in a tank top the entire time. So that was a big. Was I actually point. saw that film with the girl embroiled in this wow. actual. But I, I view him because we kind of started with Richard Marks. As a two decades later version of what Richard Marks kind of still, they're not the same guy, but you knew when you put this song out, you will not want for anything for a very, very long time. That's a great song to have in your back pocket. Dave Gray. It's a great song. Beautiful song. I remember (laughs) the last night before I left school, before we graduated, in bed listening to this and we're trying, are we going to try to stay together? And we did try to stay together. And that song, this year's love, the better last. That song, I think a lot of people, that whole album is such a great album. I I think I kind of would love to do the white ladder album, Bob. We might fuck each other. (laughs) That's the problem. But that song, especially, I think that's one of the great, like piano bell love songs of that whole decade. Yes, I agree. Who's writing that song now? 
Bob, uh, who is it? It's um the Hey There Delilah people. What? I don't know. Hey there, the plain white tees? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> they broke the, up like 14 years ago. It's the best thing we got this decade. That's the closest but thing. But you are like, right. There's a gap. There's a Nicki void. Nicki Minaj? Is, uh, who yeah. are we counting on here? I don't know. Is it Sean Mendez? Can Harry Styles save us? I do like Harry Styles. I know. I think he could do it. Yeah. All right, Mark, it's time now. We've heard um, a lot of great songs, a lot of different songs, uh, you know, covering different decades. But only one could be added to the Throwback Podcast playlist. And now it's up to you. Before you pick, though, I do want to say that despite listening to 12 songs and getting stories about your, your love life, I feel like we're only scratching the surface. I want to know more. Um, probably off mic, though, because I think there's, I a, think lot off of, mic. there's a, lot of, a lot more stories to be told here. I imagine there are, yeah. I'd be happy to share any. I mean, I'm an open book off mic. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the song I'd like to add just because I'm it makes me feel like uh, typically when I'm attached to any song, it's rather cheesy and it's just the way that I've kind of vibed with music. I'm going to go R.E.M. Fall on me because I feel like it's a very honorable, beautiful, mm. amazing song. I can't believe can't it's not wrong. in the library. We're good. We yes. have, we've only done one R.E.M. album and I believe Find the River. Yep, I remember ended up. We chose. I, I was emailing with another a Patreone, Kleine, who asked us to do REM again. He said, please mm. do out of time. Patreone. Yeah, Patreone uh, supporting us. And uh, I think he'll be happy that we got another REM song on here. And we should do an REM album. Soon. We should. We're due. Hell, we could do one tonight, Bob, after we sign off. Oh, but yeah? It's crazy. <laughs> we do anything we want in the garage. We are, uh, by the way, we're all hallucinating. The smoke is filling the garage at this point. <laughs> Concerning. We can't see each other anymore. But everything's okay. You guys naughty monkeys? All right. That's it. Mark, you said it all. Thanks for Thank having you. me. Thank you. Did you enjoy yourself? Immensely. Good. I mean, I could just... It's fun. Let me just say, um, sitting on the floor while you guys were doing that other podcast, you guys are having way more fun now. Just going to say it. <laughs> just going to say it. You guys are definitely You're not enjoying wrong. this a lot more. More fun talking about the music we love than the Redskins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's probably... That's probably accurate. All right. By, by that metric, this is the better podcast. That's all I'm going to say. Patreon.com slash throwback pod. If you want to, again, help us out, throw us a couple bones, as Thank they you. say. Also uh, on Twitter, throwback pod. Instagram, throwback pod. Hit us up on Gmail, the throwback pod at Gmail. Bob will uh, deal with your childhood horror stories. No, I won't. <laughs> and, and, to uh, all, to and to all the naughty monkeys. Thank you.